Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle, huddle, up, huddle, up, huddle up. on Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to a divisional preview edition of the Giants huddle podcast brought to you by PSENG, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. Hello, everybody. My name is John Schmelk. This is our normal podcast before the game edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. Make sure you go back, check out our previous episodes. My interview with Mike Mayock a couple days ago uh, was fantastic. Mike Mayock called the game Giants-Vikings last week. Uh, Make sure you check that out. And we have our Wednesday night special WFAN Divisional Playoff Preview on the Giants Huddle Podcast as well. So go and check that out. Big show coming your way today. First, we will have a Dory Jackson, Giants cornerback, who came back for the playoffs this year off that knee injury. Did a good job against Justin Jefferson last week. We're going to have Zach Berman, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles from The Athletic. He'll break down everything Eagles with Paul Dottino and Lance Meadow. And finally, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dable. He sits down with the voice of the Giants, Bob Papa. All right, let's get right to it here, folks. Remember, go subscribe to the Giants Little Podcast. It's on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app. And, of course, find it and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. We lead off with my conversation with Adoree Jackson. Adoree, short week. You played a lot of snaps last week after not playing football for a very long time. How'd your body hold up? How you feeling? Uh, body held up pretty well. Um, we do a good job of taking care of our bodies here um, with different things, with uh, you know recovery, um, foods we use um, in the weight room, and then coach obviously takes care of care of us as well. Um, gives us the right things like you know massages, needling, uh, whatever we may need to be able to get ready to go uh, for the game on Saturday. In the game against Minnesota, was there a point where you're like, damn, I could use a series here, or were you pretty good the whole game? I was smooth the whole game. Um, I, I just think the when it's competition time I think everything else goes out the window you know it's one of those things where people say when you get tired it's really a mental thing I really think it is um, and mentally you just got to either hone in on your technique your craft and and your job and what you have to do and I always try to think that if I'm tired I'm pretty sure that the opponent is tired as well so um, I don't really try to much think too much about being winded or gassed or anything like that just keep going and, and playing for my brothers. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on last week, but I should ask you about the job you guys did on Justin Jefferson. You shattered him, but it was a team effort, right? You had a safety over the top, a safety bracketing, and I thought, you know, the scheme was great. For fans in layman's terms, can you just explain for fans how as a team you guys came together to really, you know, keep Justin Jefferson under control? Uh, right, yeah, it was a great a great uh, defensive game plan. Um 
like you said, a collective effort. I mean, obviously, it, it shows. You know, I, I was I was on them, but we did a great job communicating, um, talking, and you know, we knew. Um, I guess you can say certain things or routes that may happen or occur, um, and so we were just playing. Um, you 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 can't take everything away, but when you play with someone or, or with each other and play for each other, and you're all on the same page, it makes the job um, go a lot smoother. I don't want to say easier because. Um, they're going to make plays as well, but it makes your job a little more smoother and understanding that you can play off each other. And that's what helps throughout the week. I mean, you see it on game days that how it looked, but throughout the week it takes a lot of prep and work to understand, you know, your job, your assignment, and just do your job. Are we seeing this defense evolve a little bit as Xavier's gotten back and now you're back too? You know, Wink played more quarters defense than I've ever maybe ever seen him play last week. You know, people think of him as a blitzer, right? Are we seeing this defense evolve into something that can now really be different, very different, every week based on the opponent? Uh, I think just with the players that we have and the trust that we've gained and, and, and from from Wink and he's gained from us, you know, just going out there executing, you know, all the things that he wants us to do. And it goes back to, you know, throughout the week, um, doing your job, understanding your job, and if you have some uncertainties, just talking over, you know, us watching film, um, us doing, um, you know, meeting earlier or after or whatever it may be and going through and walking through certain things so we can have that visual uh, rep in um, and then mentally uh, get us prepared. So I just think a collective of us all coming in watching film together, even after or whatever it may be, to make sure we can all talk and speak the same language and see the same things so it's no uh, misconception when we're out there on the field. What's the impact on opponents when you can show up any week and your defense can look very different? Um, I think the, the the thing that stands out when you see us is just us having fun, you know, flying to the ball, loving hats to the ball and playing for each other, you know, the grit, the fight, and understanding that, um, like I said, they get paid to make plays too. But um, just try to make them snap it, you know, uh, snap it again, snap it again, snap it again, or whatever it may be, um, and, and not try to let the easy ones get them. Uh, get you. Uh, so I think for us, I think you can see that on film, just flying to the ball, 11 hats to the ball, playing for each other, and um, being there for each other and picking someone up. Do you see the opposing quarterback, though, sometimes having to take that extra beat or two when he might have read something pre-snap and then all of a sudden he snaps and it, and it turns out to be something a little bit different? Uh, I think that's the game within the game. Uh, with any, uh, you know, the same thing with, with offenses. Uh, and the defense is the same thing, you know. Um, everybody's trying to disguise something. Or you can say offense, you know, they line a running back outside, bring him back in to see ID formation or or motion, you know, a receiver here or there. Um, I think it's the same thing with defense, just trying to, you know, play the game within the game, but uh, make sure that you can do your job at the same time. You know, before we got here, my impression of him, and it turned out to be wrong, quite frankly, you know, Mr. Blitz, you know, send guys, play a lot of man. I don't know what your impression was before he got here, but has his variety and, and just the creativity and his the way he can change week in, week out, has that even been a pleasant surprise for you guys on defense based on what you kind of thought of him before you actually got in the room with him? Um, I think he, t- he he talked to us about that when he first got here, um, saying, you know, obviously we go through the install, we see all the different things that we can do and what he, wa- he wants us to do. And he ultimately said, you know, this the, the defense is, is, is your car and we're going to give you the keys. And uh, he trusted us and we gained that trust as well, um, going out there executing, studying hard, um, making sure that we knew our assignment and knew our jobs and to be able to do different things, to be able to play fast, have fun, and then to, to showcase, you know, different things that we do. 
Dexter Lawrence, <laughs> what's the impact of his ability to get pressure up the middle, and Leonard for that matter? He had a real good game last week too. On you guys in the second end when you go back and you watch the game on tape afterwards. It's cool to have that presence, you know, in the interior to be able to um, affect the game like that. Um, it goes hand in hand. Um, the ball is to be able to come out quick, and then in that aspect, you know, we're able to make plays. Or if the quarterback holds the ball a little too long, then the the interior gets to make plays. So having those two, you know, interior and then having some great edge rushes as well. Um, man, they put in a lot of hard work, and I, I'm just you know, thankful that, you know, everybody else gets to see it and get to see the fun that we have and to be able to play with them and the world gets to see, you know, those guys shine. Now, you haven't played A.J. Brown yet this year, but you're obviously very familiar with him from your time in Tennessee. What makes him different? What makes him special? I think what makes him different is, I think, his mentality. I would say to go out there and to to attack it and to want to achieve and and, and strive for greatness and set out to be the best. Um, And and that also makes him special. Um, He has a a unique set of skills when he catches the ball to be able to turn it up the field. You know, um, everybody, you know, like I say, is just a a strong, powerful guy, but he has some speed as well, Um, can get in and out of his breaks. Um, I just feel like, you know, he does a lot of, things well that you would want in a receiver you know can run every route can, can block and if you put him in the backfield you know or give him something you know a quick handoff whatever it may be he can turn it up too so I feel like he just uh does everything that you would want on for an offensive player you mentioned his run after catch ability do you have to treat him like you would a running back given his size once he has the ball in his hands when you're trying to bring him down uh yeah just make sure you, you you're a sure tackler um and um securing a tackle uh I just think that's that's the key. Um, and then I say 11 has to the ball. You know, regardless of who you're playing, if they're a running back or a receiver that plays like a running back or whatever it may be, you always want to put 11 has to the ball because you don't want to just, you know, you see it a lot of times on film, you assume somebody else makes a tackle and they, they break it. And, you know, with the, the league that we're in now and all these offensive players are very skilled and can break tackles, you want to make sure that a lot of you're flying around and, and, and playing to your help. You know, this is why the league's great. Their other wide receiver, Devontae Smith, literally weighs like 60 pounds less than A.J. Brown, but he's also really good, right? So what makes it, what makes Devontae Smith a tough cover? Um, I would say the same thing. I think his mentality, um, like you said, 60 pounds um, um, lighter than A.J., but doesn't play like it. Um, you know, has a great catch radius. You know, both of, the, both of them do. Um, like I said, can run the short route, can run the deep route, intermediate, uh, and the run after catch. I mean, if you obviously the 40s may say something else, but when they get on the field, you always see football speed is different from you know training speed or it may be. So when they're out there on the field, they're able to 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 take it the distance. Um, and I think that's what makes them special, you know, especially with Devonta and AJ, the mentality to want to be great, strive for greatness, and then just saying. Put it on me, and I'm going to make a play. And, and you know, I think those are two dynamic receivers, a, a great dynamic duo. And I think the scary thing about the Eagles' offense, as good as those two guys are, Dory, they run the ball really well, right? They're great at running. So I want to start with Jalen Hurts because he's improved so much as a passer this year. He's been great. But I really think his running is kind of the linchpin of what they do, right? Can you talk about how his ability to scramble and even keep it on design runs can open things up for guys like Miles Sanders and created some – conflict for you guys in the secondary when you got to keep your eye on him but also cover these wide receivers I think the good thing the 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 unique thing that I like about him is he doesn't really 
go out there and say, I'm just going to run the ball. You know what I mean? He's out there standing in the pocket, showing that you can throw the ball, showing that he can make those throws that a lot of people doubt him about. And, you know, it's like you said, I, I'm I'm happy, you know, to see that and to see him strive and succeed and be a great quarterback in this league. And then again, it's one of those things where he can actually put it on the ground and run if he wants to. But um, that's one of those things where you just got to do your job and trust that, you know, the guys up front are going to do theirs and, for us, just plaster because if he does scramble or get out, you know, he may throw the ball, he may run, you just never know. But just do your job I and mean, just keep running and keep fighting. What makes their running game difficult to defend? Um, they got so many weapons. You know what I mean? They can they can run the ball. Uh, the quarterback can run the ball. Uh, the running back can run the ball. A receiver may run the ball. They can, you know, a lot, with this league now, RPO. So it's yeah. a it's a extension of the run game, and they have just different aspects. So um, to be able to have a lot of mis, misdirection and, and – um, different concepts to the run game um, that's pretty unique and I feel like that's what makes them them different and it makes them you know a great team to be able to have the quarterback uh, running back or the receiver or whatever it may be or a screen to play off of to be able to help them final question Adori you know you're with a good team in Tennessee that won a lot of games now you're here what's your impression about the way this coaching staff and your teammates and you have approached being in the playoffs because things change right but it's still a football game so just from what you've seen in the past and what you've seen this year, what is it about the way this team has just generally approached this whole thing that you think has allowed you guys to have the success that you've had so far? I think both, you know, teams enjoying the moment and enjoying the process and, and being present and not thinking too far ahead. Obviously, you know, there's a goal that everybody wants to reach, and that's to win a Super Bowl. But at the same time, enjoying the, the, the guy next to you uh, and, and, and playing for your brother and playing for each other, understanding that, this doesn't happen often, and some, for some, it doesn't happen at all. So to have those, these experiences and to um, play, you know, another game and get another week at the end of the day, like you said, it's football, but just keep having fun with it, keep enjoying the process, and you know, it's just a blessing to be able to play with these guys. And I remember last year, you know, being at home the next week, and then all right, you seeing somebody else play, it was a, a sickening feeling in my stomach. I know a, a lot of my teammates as well. Um, so to be able to have this moment. Now, um, to be able to cherish it, appreciate it, and understand that it doesn't come often, um, I, I think those are the similarities that we had You know, when I was in Tennessee in here, just relishing in the moment, being present, being thankful, but playing for each other and having fun. And then finally, I'll sneak one more in. When you hurt your MCL, and it was a serious injury, it took you a long time to get back. Does this make it all worth it, all that hard work and rehab you put in? Was this exactly what you kind of envisioned in your head every time you had to go in that training room and do all the extra work to get back? Was it for this? I, w- I would say yes. Um, you know, you always share, you know, saying God doesn't make mistakes. And for me, I think that's, that's very true, understanding that, you know, we were, we were riding high. Coach always said adversity is going to hit. You just don't know when. And obviously, I for sure didn't think it was going to hit me the way it did. But... I understand you can either attack it one or two ways, lie down and, and let it take over you, or you can go out there and attack it and meet it face-to-face. And I think that's what we all did throughout this process, regardless of you know if I was out or somebody else was out or we were not winning as many games that we started off 7-2. and I'll just keep battling, keep fighting. And I think, um, like I said, God doesn't make mistakes and everything happens for a reason. And, you know, it's a, it's a blessing that we're in this position now to be able to you know, showcase that and evangelize, you know, those blessings that he, he gives us. 
Best luck against Philly, Dory. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, Giant fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. Great conversation with the Dory Jackson. We thank him for joining us. Now let's turn our attention to this week's opponent. Zach Berman covers the Philadelphia Eagles for The Athletic. Paul Dottino on Lance Meadow spoke to him. The Giants and Eagles meet for the third time this season and third time in just eight weeks when they collide in the divisional round on Saturday at Lincoln Financial Field. To get more into Philly, we're now joined by Zach Berman, who covers the Eagles for The Athletic. Zach, you got Lance Meadow and Paul Dottino here on Giants.com. Greatly appreciate the time today. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Everything's well. Good to talk to you guys. It brings me back uh, 10 years when I was covering the Giants. So uh, looking forward to this game this weekend. Absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure having you on the program. And Zach, let's start with the biggest storyline, I think, from Philadelphia's standpoint, and that is the health and well-being of Jalen Hurts. He's not on the injury report, so clearly that seems to be encouraging. But when we saw him in week 18, he didn't seem to be 100% healthy and did not look to run the football. How much do you think with him now back in the mix coming off the bye that the Eagles will return to the way they utilize Jalen Hurts through the majority of the season? Well, Jalen's two weeks healthier, right? So I, I think that will factor into it, that uh, when he played against the Giants in Week 18, he was pushing to return. They've now had the bye week. He's had a, a week of practice. Uh, I imagine, given that he had a sprained shoulder, um, that there's there's still you know pain that he might be dealing with. But I, I, I think you're going to see Jalen Hurts. I, you know, I, I think the – the reason why he came back against the Giants was to try to get that win so they can earn the bye. And uh, by doing so, now they're in the playoffs. And I, I imagine that this is going to be the way they played him when he was an MVP candidate, you know, through the first 16 weeks of the year. You know, Zach, this is a very unique circumstance. The Eagles and Giants will be playing for the third time within seven games. And I know these coaches and these players are saying, well, we know each other, but kind of they don't. I mean, consider the fact that three huge parts of the Giants defense didn't play in those two games with, uh, you know, McKinney and and uh, Leonard Williams, obviously, and Adoree Jackson. Philadelphia, we really don't know about Hurts' shoulder. Lane Johnson's playing with a, a torn lower abdominal. Gardner Johnson didn't play in both of those games. I think he played in one of them. I'm not so sure that anybody can truly take anything from those first two games. How do you feel? Yeah, that's a good point. Personnel-wise, both teams are are going to be different. You mentioned the Giants side. That's abundantly clear looking at that those two games. Uh, with the Eagles, you mentioned some of the injuries there. Dallas Goddard did not play in that first game. He's he's one of their key players on offense. Uh, so I I recognize that, but I, I I do think there's familiarity in terms of the scheme right now. In the Week 18 game, both teams seem to be relatively vanilla, right? Um, uh, given uh, what was going on that week, but I I think Week 14 can be viewed from a scheme perspective, but scheme only matters so much. It's 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 personnel that. That, that probably matters even more. And you are accurate that the personnel differences on both sides, but particularly the Giants' side, makes this atypical 
for a matchup for the third time in such a concentrated period. Zach, you mentioned that it was pretty vanilla for the Eagles in Week 18, and I think that's a very fair assessment. The big talk from the Giants' side is, well, wait a minute. If the Giants' reserves played so competitively, especially in that fourth quarter, and now they're getting all those reinforcements back that Paul mentioned, well, shouldn't the Eagles be concerned because that speaks volumes of the Giants' depth? I'm just curious, what do you think Philadelphia's takeaway is in terms of the effort and hustle that the Giants' reserve showed that perhaps could send a message in what they're going to expect to see come this divisional round matchup? Oh, I think there's there's no question there's respect for the Giants from the Eagles' side. And and frankly, anyone in the NFL this year who's, who's watched Giants' film uh, would, would come away believing this is a team that plays hard. This is a team that's well-coached, right? I, I mean, the reason why they're in the divisional round of the playoffs when expectations, when you look at, you know, the Vegas win-loss over under before the season, as they've far exceeded those expectations, it's it's because they've they've probably played beyond their talent level because of the way you know how hard they play, how well they're coached. Uh, so I I think the Eagles uh, can can look at that Week 18 game as an example of that. Um, now as as far as the Eagles in that Week 18 game, the the thing I can't emphasize enough is this is a different offense when there's a threat of Jalen Hurts running the ball. I mean, not just Jalen Hurts running the ball, but a, a threat of Jalen Hurts running the ball. And he did not run the ball as 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 much or as often uh, as he typically does in that week in that week 18 game. And I guess that goes back to the first question. But I think that um, when I say the, the the scheme was vanilla, it's it's because they weren't playing the way they typically have through most of the season. Zach, let me go back to the psychological thing for just a second. We've been around the Giants every day. They're incredibly confident. They're feeling that they're playing their best ball. They're loose. They're enjoying the living heck out of this whole potential uh, deep playoff run. What is the psychological feeling right now around the Eagles? I have to feel that after their incredible start, and the fact that they are at the top seed, if they lose this game, I have to feel it's an incredible disaster uh, in terms of their season. I, I'm thinking they must be feeling a lot of pressure. Well, I, I, I would imagine fans are, are viewing it that way. I, I don't know if the team's viewing it in that context. I, I think they've, they've been pretty well conditioned this year to um, – to really not enlarge any particular game, and 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 part of that, frankly, has been because they got off that hot that hot start, like you mentioned. And then it's it's not a situation like you know the Patriots when they were undefeated going into the Super Bowl against the Giants. You know the Eagles stumbled late in the season. Um, they kind of got back on track, and I I think the uh, the last two weeks it hasn't been the type of pressure cooker that you might normally see for a top seed, given how that last month went. A lot of it's been, all right, get your quarterback healthy, get your right tackle healthy, get back to some of the fundamentals that you do during training camp, uh, during OTAs, and try to be a, a, a fresh, disciplined team come playoff time. Uh, but to your point, I think from the fan perspective, 
absolutely that that there's expectations for this team. I mean, the the last time the Eagles were the number one seed, they won the Super Bowl, right? Uh, so, and and that was only five seasons ago. Uh, so, I, I I think that there's certainly expectations given that they have home field advantage, given that they're playing against a familiar opponent, uh, given that you know that so. So, yeah, from the fans' perspective, I would imagine that's the case. I don't get that sense from the team itself. We're talking with Zach Berman, who covers the Eagles for the Athletic. Zach, I'm glad you referenced 2017 because the other thing that stands out to me that may be somewhat of a similarity, and clearly there's some personnel changes, but that was the year, obviously, Carson Wentz got hurt late. Nick Foles took over. The last few regular season games were not pretty with Nick Foles, even the first playoff game with the Falcons and all of a sudden things picked up. And the reason I bring that up is you were referencing their approach down the stretch. Well, two things jump out to me. Turnovers skyrocketed. They have nine in the last four and just three takeaways. So they're minus six compared to plus 14 in their first 13 games. And the run game numbers don't seem to be as explosive. And I'm sure clearly that's a product of Jalen Hurts not playing a few games. How yeah. much in particular, though, those two categories, do they need to get back on track if they want to transfer the success they had in the regular season over to the postseason? Oh, considerably. I, I mean, that is huge. When they were on that hot start, undefeated through the first you know, two-plus months of the season, the turnover differential had so much to do with it. And that's obviously both sides of the ball. But sure. in particular, the offense wasn't giving the ball away. And... I think some of the, you know, the, the high volume of, of, of turnovers in recent weeks, some of that is skewed, frankly, by two games that, that Gardner Minshew started. And obviously that factors into the running game. But even, even before that, you know, the, the Bears game when Jalen Hurts got hurt, uh, there were some uncharacteristic turnovers. So, yeah, they, they need to do a, a better job taking care of the ball. And they need to get that run game back on track. As far as the run game, so much of that has to do with uh, with Jalen Hurts. And I, I, I think that as long as Hurts is running the ball, I'd be confident that the Eagles can run the ball uh, because there are there's there's honestly 15-plus weeks of, of demonstrated performance in that area. It's funny because we're talking about how important Hurts is to the Philly running game, and obviously they have Sanders as well. But the Giants are in a similar boat, Zach, because let's face it, when you looked at what happened in Minnesota last week, yeah, Saquon Barkley went in for a couple of touchdowns, but Daniel Jones and his legs were even a bigger factor in that game in knocking out the Vikings. So I think maybe Philly's got to be thinking the same thing about the Giants running attack. Oh, for sure. And 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 I, I know it's 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 been with different coaching staffs and whatnot, but when you just look at Daniel Jones' history against the Eagles, he's, he's been a really effective runner. I, I mean, I think of, of games both in Philly and up in North Jersey when when uh, Daniel Jones has had big rushing performances against the Eagles. So, uh, yeah, I, I think both the players and the coaching staff very much aware of what Jones can do with his legs. Zach, speaking of the Eagles' defensive approach, we were talking about the Giants' personnel that wasn't available for the first two regular season games. I want to jump to the Eagles' defensive personnel that wasn't available specifically in the Week 18 matchup. Josh Sweat dealing with a neck issue. 
Looks like he's going to return. And then at the slot corner position, Avante Maddox is still banged up. So it looks like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who recently came off of IR, has been now assuming the slot position. His versatility, specifically Gardner-Johnson, what does that do for Jonathan Gannon's defensive unit? And then Josh Sweat, we know they have four players who have double-digit sacks, but the return of Sweat, how much more of a rotation and a benefit does that give them with him now being back on the field? Yeah, so I would address Josh Sweat first. That would be huge, uh, and it, he's, he's expected to play. And you mentioned the stat there, four players with double-digit sacks. They had a league-high 70 sacks this season, and it's, it's, it's not just one guy. Hassan Reddick's the leader there in sacks, but when you look at, at, at what Sweat did this year with 11 sacks in essentially 15 games, uh, Brandon Graham as a rotational he, he's had a career year as a rotational edge rusher, and now he can move back to kind of that rotational role. They have pressure from the interior with Javon Hargrave, with Fletcher Cox, so, uh, and, and that doesn't even get into and Dominican Sue and Milton Williams and Jordan Davis and Linval Joseph. So uh, the, the point being there that what Sweat gives you is, is one of the top edge rushers in the NFL back in a rotation that is deep with pass rushers. As far as Gardner Johnson, that was new, frankly, in that week 18 game against the Giants. That, that was the first time that they had to use Gardner Johnson in the slot. And uh, so there's, there's not really a large sample size in Philadelphia to say how he performs there, but there, but, but there are three years in New Orleans, right? That was his primary position with the Saints before the Eagles made the trade uh, right before the season started, he was a, a slot defender for the Saints. And, and the Eagles moved him to safety, which was his college position. But that versatility is going to be important because uh, it, it's just it, it, it's such a critical position in this Eagles defense. Zach, you've been around both of these teams now over the last decade or so of your career. Could you tell me why Boston Scott decides to destroy the Giants and doesn't do a whole lot against the rest of the league? <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a great question. And I know it's, a, it's become like a fun storyline in both markets this year. Honestly, Earl, most of those touchdowns had, had, had to do with opportunities, right? That it, it just so happened they were playing games against the Giants when their backfield was banged up and, and, and he was moving up the depth chart. Then there have been other situations like, you know, the, the uh, previous Eagles game when they just decided to give them the ball on the goal line and they don't typically do it. But Boston Scott's a solid player who has, has been uh, a backup, a, a rotational player for the Eagles. And it, it, it's just so happened that whether it was Miles Sanders, whether it, it, it was, you know, Jordan Howard, different players that they've had here, uh, Josh Adams during – uh, Boston Scott's time when they play against the Giants, it seems that uh, those players are banged up and Boston Scott gets more opportunities. And then he also chipped in on special teams when the Eagles played the Giants the first time in week 14. So it doesn't matter. It seems Zach where they line him up. He always seems to have success. But in all seriousness, you mentioned it's been a big storyline this week. I was listening to the Eagles press conferences and clearly Shane Steichen was complimentary of Boston Scott when Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, was asked about Boston Scott. And in fairness, he hadn't been here other than this season, you know, downplayed his impact. 
How much of a weapon, though, do you think the Eagles view Boston Scott that they can continue to find ways to attack the Giants with him, whether it be on offense or maybe even on special teams again? Yeah, so and I I don't mean this to 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 disrespect Boston Scott because you know what what he he's done through his his career in particular against the Giants speaks for itself. But if I'm Wink Martindale or I'm I'm you know I'm in that Giants meeting room, uh, Boston Scott's pretty far down the list of offensive weapons that I'd be worried about for the Eagles, right? Yeah. I, I mean you have sure. yeah, there's AJ, there's AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Uh, uh, Miles Sanders, right? So it's it's this odd phenomenon that that Boston Scott's production is, is is coming from the Giants, but I I I would be surprised, and I could be wrong here. I would be surprised if if he's a major part of the offensive game plan because that that really hasn't been how they've used him. He's been a deep reserve, change of pace type of player for them. All right, let me turn this around for you, Zach, because I think. From a Giants fan's perspective, Boston Scott is the under-the-radar X-factor who could spoil their day. Let me let me go the other way. You tell me, who is the under-radar X-factor for the Giants that could spoil the Eagles' day? Uh, that's a good question. Um, and I I don't think Dexter Lawrence is an under-the-radar player. He's one of the best no. players in, in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. No, actually, but, he covers but, up I, the I, entire radar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I think when you look at the Giants, you know, when you when you look at, at at how they can, you know, really affect the Eagles, I think that interior penetration and 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 what he presents there, uh, that that's huge. But 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 other than that, um, I mean, Hodgkins has 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 come on here. Uh, but I, I just really think that um, it, it comes down to Daniel Jones and being efficient with the ball like he was against Minnesota and, and moving it with his legs. And a quarterback's never under the radar, but with the Eagles, in the games that they've lost, it's been because the other team has been able to maintain possession, keep the Eagles' offense off the field. I mean, that was a recipe, other than the Cowboys game, which was a shootout, that was a recipe when the Saints beat the Eagles. That was a recipe when Washington beat the Eagles. And the way to do that is by 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 moving the chain uh, on on third down. And Daniel Jones's legs, if he can smart passes there, uh, that that's kind of the X factor here because when the Eagles are going offensively, uh, they can their scoring output of the season, and then. On you with the type of pass rush ass, they can get after the quarterback. They can force you to be one-dimensional. But if 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 the Giants control the clock, then that obviously affects the way the Eagles play. So uh, so I I think Daniel Jones's efficiency would probably be a a, a big storyline to watch today. Zach, speaking of playing the trenches, which is essentially what you were getting at, I want to circle back because Lane Johnson was brought up earlier and he's missed the last two regular season games. And whenever a player comes back after missing some time and even following the bye, I think the million dollar question is, is there rust? Is there concern? We were talking about that when a Dory Jackson returned for the Giants playoff game last week. What's the outlook for Lane? I mean, clearly he's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. But how do you anticipate he'll look given the fact that he hasn't played the last few weeks? Well, 
All I know with Lane Johnson is I've 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 covered him for a decade now. You know, since he was drafted in 2013, and he's been. Uh, the Eagles are a far better team when he's on the field than when he's off it. Uh, I mean, and he's playing through injury seemingly every year. And when he's not on the field, they miss him considerably. And when he's on the field, even when he's he, he's not 100 percent, he's just he's he's that good of a player. So I can't speak to how Lane's going to be feeling, but I can say that I I have 10 years of coverage of this team to tell you that when Lane Johnson's on the field, they're a better team than when he's off the field. It certainly never hurts to get a four-time Pro Bowler back in the mix for a crucial playoff game as the Eagles and the Giants will renew their rivalry for the third time Saturday at Lincoln Financial Field in the divisional round. He is Zach Berman, who covers the team for the Athletics. Zach, always good catching up. Greatly appreciate the time and the insight, and enjoy the game on Saturday. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, guys. See you then. Take care. The Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV and the Giants mobile app. We thank Zach Berman. Does a great job. He used to cover the Giants back in the day. Now he's covering the Eagles for the Athletic. All right, let's do the final part of our three-part interview, pre-game, preview, whatever you want to call it, podcast right here on the Giants Huddle. And that's Bob Papa's conversation with the head coach of the NYG, Brian Dable. The Giants take on the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional playoff round. As always, we're joined by the head coach of the New York Giants, Brian Dable. And, uh, Coach, obviously your team has embraced this challenge very enthusiastically. Uh, just talk a little bit about the way this week has gone as far as the preparation and how your team has gone about their work. Yeah, they've done a good job. We turned the page pretty quick on Minnesota and, and got on to Philly. Uh, team we've played here the last you know two times and now we're playing them the third time so uh, it's been a, a normal week for us in terms of how we've installed and a, a short week but we've we went through some short weeks so it's been a normal short week for us coach obviously the last time you played them um, Jalen Hurts was just coming back from injury you played him right before he got hurt just talk about the element of danger that he brings to the game and what are some of the keys to trying to at least control him yeah, no, he's an elite quarterback in this league. He can hurt you with his arm, and then, you know, if there's nothing there, he can take off and run. They use him on design runs, so he's a complete quarterback that has full control of their offense. Um, it's the reason why he's mentioned in the MVP conversation, and he'll be a, certainly a challenge to defend. Coach, in the last meeting, you did a pretty good job uh, as a team controlling their run game. In the first meeting, obviously, Sanders had a big game. Uh, just talk a little bit about the run fits and how important it is for everybody to make sure that they just kind of do their job and not try to make the extraordinary play. Yeah, one of the better run teams, and, you know, they can hand it to their running backs, and obviously Jalen presents um, challenges. So when you have, you know, a quarterback and some really good running backs, there's a variety of run schemes that, that they run. And, you know, their offensive line, it starts with them, you know, a bunch of pro bowlers, all pros on that. Uh, so, look, we're going to have to do a good job of playing team defense, um, 11 guys doing their job, rallying to the football and, and making tackles. And, you know, they're going to hit some. Um, they're just a dynamic team in, in that regard, and we're going to have to do a good job of playing the next play. Coach, you're obviously playing in Minnesota twice within the last month. Um, now you're going to be going into Philadelphia on a Saturday night. It's hostile. Um, I would think that your team has some calluses at this point, having been there, done that, experienced that, where that situation will not phase them. 
Yeah, look, the team we're playing is the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and that's where our focus has to be is is playing good against their players. But, you know, whether it was at Minnesota, whether it was at Philly the week before, um, a lot of other places we've been, Dallas on Thanksgiving, you know, you, you go into – tough places to play there's a loud crowd you know you have to really focus on what you can control which is getting the plan quickly to the players and then the players communicating with one another so that there's no issues in that regard they had 70 sacks during the course of the season um they're the only team that has four players with double digit sacks is this one of those situations where they can just win a lot of times man you know man to man they don't do as lo- a lot of exotic things to get pressure well, it always starts with players, and you know those players that, that you're referring to are unbelievable players. Um, they have a unique ability to to get to the passer, uh, really inside with the inside players, and then outside with their outside guys. And they have a bunch of them. Um, you know, it's like a who's who's list. It's they're all pros and they're Pro Bowl players uh, that present you know a lot of different challenges for really all our offensive linemen. So uh, we're gonna have to have a good protection plan, and we're gonna have to play a game um, that you know, tries to keep them at bay a little bit, which is, you know, no one's been able to do. Coach, uh, final question here. Um, you know, you're going down there, you're playing them. Your team is playing with a lot of confidence. You guys are executing on a high level. Um, from an offensive standpoint, you guys were able to stabilize the game right away last week after Minnesota went down and scored. From an offensive standpoint, how important is it to make sure that you guys are efficient early in the game to not let that sort of green wave sweep over the building? Yeah, we're going to have to be a resilient group. Um, they're going to make their plays. They have all year, and you know we're going to have to play complementary football. All three phases are going to have to work together to, to try to do the best job we can do against this team. Coach, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and as I like to say at the end of all these interviews, let's do it again next week. All right, thanks, Bob. Don't forget to go subscribe to Draft Season, the Giants Draft Podcast. We are rip-roaring, ready to go here. The draft preparation is starting for everyone here uh, for the Giants front office and, and certainly for me and draft season is where you tune in for all the great information Tony Pauline and I talk draft this week we talked to Eric Galco who runs the show for the Shrine Bowl and that's coming your way in about a week and a half down there in Las Vegas and then the week following we'll have Jim Nagy who runs the Senior Bowl as we kind of give you the lowdown on all the big time prospects coming out in the draft as the Giants try to continue to build and improve their team this offseason We thank Brian Dable, we thank Paul Dottino, and Lance Meadow, and Bob Pop, of course, Uh, Zach Berman from The Athletic, and of course, Adoree Jackson for joining us on this edition of the John Settle Podcast. It's all brought to you by PSE&G, energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit pseg.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. For the crew, I am John Schmelk. We might have a bonus huddle coming tomorrow. We'll see. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.